Hello, welcome back to Reading of the Peers, where we chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. My name is Guy O'Brien, and joining me today to discuss the 1992 gothic horror film Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's my very good friend Emma Callis. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Hello, Emma, how are you? You're on the podcast. Hi. Finally tricked you to do it. Mwahaha. You tricked me. I tricked you into doing one of my favourite books, Gary. So, yeah, and good luck. I, see, yeah, this is my problem. Jesus, I just, I'm, I'm so worried you're going to be just like, because I've never read a book. That's kind of here on the podcast. I've never read a yes. book. I yeah. only watch the movie adaptations. So whenever someone's like, well, actually in the books, I'm like, get over yourself. So I've warned you. I've primed you. Don't be pulling any of that shit on the podcast. Or else you won't be allowed back on again. <laughs> I'll, I'll just hide this annotated copy I have of Dracula with you. You know, then. I wish I could say you were the first person to do this, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Lily had all of her Pride and Prejudice merchandise around her when she was recording the podcast. Including it. a candle, I think, if I recall. <gasps> that would have been smart. No, I wouldn't have let you in the door. Okay, fair. Much like a vampire, you would not be invited in. <laughs> uh, but yes, I guess the movie we're talking about today is 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And I had kind of asked you to well, we were talking, you want to do a horror movie, and I thought we would tie it into Renfield, which came out last week, and um, that's a movie that I have opinions on, but <laughs> I'm going to make everyone listen to the end of the, wait to the end of the month to see that. Uh, so yeah, I just thought, with it all being spooky Dracula season, I'd see if there was any interesting vampire movies that you liked, and little did I know, well, I did know, but I was, I was just more overwhelmed with how much you were just raring to go with this adaptation of Dracula. Yeah, it's one of my favourite films. I think, first of all, don't judge my parents for letting me watch these kind of films so young. But it's like this nostalgia for it. It's just so gothic and so, like, theatrical that, yeah, yeah, I just absolutely love this film. So I might be a little bit biased. Yeah, because I'd never seen it before. Yeah. uh, And it was on my list. So it was great. This was all great synergy. I was like, fantastic. Podcast with Emma. And I also get a movie off the watch list. There you go. And I guess one of the reasons why I was attracted to it was, there was three main things I guess I knew about it. One, it was obviously directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who did The Godfathers and Pockups Now and stuff. And then also it's got Gary Oldman. Uh, Gary Oldman and the fantastic like makeup and costume design that goes along with his character. And then very bad British Keanu Reeves. So... I was just like, it was just a perfect trifecta of, you know, wanting to watch this movie. And then when you'd suggest it, I was like, this is great. Nice. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. We've talked about this back and forth so much. I am just waiting for you to tear this to shreds and tear me to shreds for suggesting this film and how much I love it. I had a good time with it. (laughs) Like, it's not great. No. But I think what I love from it, and I would, the reason why I would suggest people to watch it is the production design the, the cinematography, the, just the visual artistry that goes into this movie, whether, like I said, with the costumes, the design, uh, the costumes, the makeup or the production design is batshit crazy, forgive the pun, but it's incredible. It is, I love it. I have so many, like, little, not massive notes, but the, who is it? Roman Coppola? Yes. The son did yeah. all the visual effects, mm-hmm. like the shadow work and even just the, like, you know, making it all look so surreal. I think it was one, yeah, it's one of the best parts of the film. Yeah, and I guess for anyone who doesn't know the story of Dracula, do you care to summarize a quick synopsis or um, summary of what this movie's about? Of the book or the film? The movie? The film. It's a movie <laughs> podcast. I told you, none of this book shit. <laughs> okay, so we're, uh, as the, the name suggests, we're introduced to Count Dracula. Uh, the first like opening scene, we learn how he becomes the infamous vampire that we know. Yeah. And then after that, it's like split into two storylines. We have this tragic love story across centuries. Yeah. And then, you know, like a monster hunt uh, that all climaxes at the end and it's all very beautiful. Yeah. 
Very true. Uh, just, and I suppose another kind of key aspect of this movie that I've mentioned to you about, and I think it's important that people know, it's one of the horniest movies <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It's... I forgot about that when I suggested it. And when I was rewatching it for this, I was like, oh, crap. This is just going to cement my reputation in the group as only reading smut. It's not I, But you, like you said, the book isn't smut. No, by today's standards. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's more latent than blatant in the book. Yeah, yes. I, and that's the kind of the, 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 again, I hadn't read it. And I was had, like, I was watching it. I was like, I feel like all the implied repressed sexuality in the book Francis Ford Coppola was like, no, 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 let's put that on screen. Let's get that going. And then I found this quote um, from Francis Ford Coppola where he'd said that he was attracted to the sensual elements of the screenplay and said that he wanted portions of the picture to resemble an erotic dream. I think he succeeded. I think he succeeded, <laughs> but I love that. So I think the movie he made before this was The Godfather Part 3. Oh. Okay. Yeah, and I love for him just to immediately do a 180 being like, I want Gary Oldman to have a weird bum head. Let's go. <laughs> Am I the only one with that part? I know the costume and makeup was amazing, but all I can think of is the Simpsons Halloween episode and uh, what's his name? Burns. Burns. Yeah. yeah. As Dragon. That's all I can see now when I watch this film. All I can think about when I watch this film is another parody of this movie, which was done on an American, no, it was a Canadian sketch show called In Loving in Living Colour and it's a sketch with uh, Jamie Lee uh, no sorry not, uh, not, it was Jamie Foxx and Jim Carrey as Dracula and for me Jim Carrey is my Dracula I do apologise he, he does fair. the he does the Gary Oldman voice that was the one thing actually I, I was so surprised about with this movie was because I don't really know how and you probably are a better person to know what this is but in terms of like the timeline of Hollywood's depiction of Dracula mm. like obviously you've got the original like Nosferatu guy then you've got Bela Lugosi from the 1932 one Yes, he's uh, like, and I think he did the silly voice. But then I saw Gary Oldman doing the silly voice. I say silly voice. It's like the ve- like the Romanian Transylvanian. Hello, welcome in. Like that stuff. <laughs> H- how I don't how prevalent was that before this movie? This because I imagine this movie set up some sort of I guess staples in the vampire or the Dracula lore that got carried through. Or am I wrong in saying that? I'm not a hundred percent sure. No, because this was. Did this kick off or was this in the middle of a whole like vampire research? Like you had the interview with the vampire, you had what else came out all around the same time? Um yeah. No, I think the Lugosi Lugo how do I pronounce Lugosi. that? Lugosi, yeah, was the one that cemented the, yeah, the creepy the big, room. Yeah. The big cape and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, and I guess like that was that was what I loved a lot from this movie. I guess I loved I just Gary Oldman. It just delivers such a a performance that I could only expect Gary Oldman to do and that he's kind of playing three different versions of this character. One being the creepy old man, like the Empire, uh, the Emperor from like Star Wars. Then there's like the weird sex fiend, uh, you know, with the weird moustache, the circular glass and the big hat. Oh, steampunk Dracula. Steampunk Dracula, yeah. him. And then there's a big bat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say big bat or big bad? Big bat. But, but probably big bad because he, he he plays a werewolf as well in this. Yes, and I didn't. I didn't get that. Rats. The pile of rats is my favorite. <laughs> in my notes. I think I just have at one point pile of rats. I love it. Um, it's so great, so so great. Um, but yeah, I guess what 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 would be the one thing that I suppose would stand out for you? I know we kind of mentioned some of the visual aspects of it, but is there any kind of one key part about this movie that you'd be like, this is the goat. This is the OG of good horror vampire oh, movies. Good horror vampire movies. Da-da-da-da-da. That's hard. I do think, uh, maybe again, coming back to reading just smut, but no, the whole romance and the kind of latent sexuality of vampires is like they attack you from the inside kind of thing. They change you from the inside. Yeah. That is really prevalent in this film. 
Whereas other vampire movies, it can kind of just be, oh, scary monster attacks you. It's, this is very much, it gets inside you. Because that's why I thought this movie was going to be about. I just thought it was like a horror movie. I wasn't ready for it. And I think, what was the scene that cemented it for me? It was definitely, it was the weird Keanu Reeves orgy scene. That was amazing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the point where I was like, what am I watching here? And yeah. why do I feel like I need to like, close my door? Why do I feel like no one can walk in and be watching this? I know, it's, it's just so, it's like in the book it is slightly, you know, more played out. It's like, but Keanu Reeves just walks into this, what's it, I have notes here, it's like full of alliteration. Like, the was it, smoky, spiderwebby, you know, sexy sheets and then just lies down. And I just love that there's a mirror on the ceiling. Yeah. Because of course it'd be a mirror on of the course, ceiling in that seen, room. <laughs> you've seen that steampunk Dracula. No, you know he's putting a mirror yeah. on top of his fucking fuck dungeon. <laughs> yes. Nice word. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I think so. Yeah, so how that movie kind of starts then in, in a way of like how we get to introduce that Keanu Reeves character is he's going over for a business deal. Yes, he's to, Dracula's solicitor. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he goes into this castle and all the weird spooky things start happening to him. And what I appreciate about this movie was how quickly that character caught on to, no, this is fucked, I'm getting out of here. Yes. Whereas I feel like in many other movies we would have he would have been there like, that's so weird, that's so strange. Uh, like there was like rats running upside down, he had to yeah. wink, we had to like, uh, his carriage went through this like blue flame thing, oh, yeah. which is really cool. But then I think it was when Dracula leaves him in his room or something and then just starts scampering along the side of the wall and Keanu Reeves being like, nope, no, I'm I'm getting out of here. Yeah, like, in the, yeah, that was that was a weird scene because um, I think, you're saying he copped on then, I don't think he reacted strongly enough to seeing this guy climb down well, a wall. Was that not when he tried to get out then? Or was then, I feel like after, the, I think the fuck dungeon was the last. He didn't try to get out until after Dracula left the castle. He'd been, you know, sl- enjoying himself with the brides for a few yeah. weeks first and then he tried to escape i don't yeah yeah this movie's so weird yeah sorry um, <laughs> no 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 you don't apologize for francis ford copeland and his weird erotic dream um what you call a production but what else did i want to say the um yeah more more back to that um francis ford copeland's like weird d- designer concepts the um I, I read something here where is it said oh he said ah yes he said when he was talking to the production team about like what he wanted in terms of like sketched and visualized or whatever, he said, give me something that either comes from research or something that comes from your own nightmares. I love it. That's amazing. Wait, did he say this to his first production team or to his son? I don't know, actually. I should probably check that out. Yes, because he fired his original production team to put his son in in place. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the son who writes on all the Wes Anderson movies. Oh. Yeah, unsure. Don't know. But yeah, he, he. So yes, this is the one thing I want to talk to you about as well. So yeah. I'm watching a TV show that I highly recommend to many people called The Offer on, on our fami- on our favorite streaming service, Paramount Plus, oh, that okay. nobody has, but no. I have it. It's great. Uh, and and the guy who was in, uh, you ever watch the Fantastic Beasts movies? Bits never. You know the you know the Muggle guy. No. Who's beside Jude Law? Uh, yes, him. I think so. Yes. He plays Francis Ford Coppola in this TV show because the TV show is about how they made The Godfather. Oh. And it's really cool. It's really interesting, all the behind the scenes stuff and how they had to like um, cozy up to the mob to get the movie made. And so all this really, really interesting stuff. But the Francis Ford Coppola character is so like tapped because he's always like, he's always like, no, I need this for my vision. I need it to be real. We have to shoot in Sicily. And he's like crying if he doesn't get his way. And I'm just like, having seen that depiction of the character and then seeing this movie, I'm like, oh my God, he was so like that. Because I feel like this was such a, no, we have to build a weird bat suit or pile of rats or what are the weird kind of great things were in this movie the scene transitions 
unbelievable. Yes. Oh. Like the, there's a one with like there's two puncture wounds in a woman, and then the next shot is like the wolf eyes. It's great. Yeah, or the was it the peacock feather opens up to the train tunnel? That was stunning. Yeah. Ah, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like visually, this movie. So yeah, if we haven't sold it to anyone yet, my God, I feel like go check this out. Yeah. Maybe don't watch it with your parents. Maybe not. No. I'd, look. Whatever relationship people have with their parents, whatever whatever is comfortable in that house of what can or can't be on the TV, but exactly, this is not a therapy podcast. You know, deal with that shit yourselves. Exactly. Yeah. So go watch Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula and uh, work that out for you. But yeah, we're <laughs> gonna do spoilers and stuff like that now. Just that I wanted to have you have a point of which people could feck off and go away. I feel like we've hyped up the movie enough. Yeah. But yeah, I guess you you've you've come here with a big pile of notes. Is there anything that in particular you want to launch into? No, this is more just for my brain to keep track because the timeline of the or like the way the story is told in the movie it jumps from like person to person in time like you know so this is just more to keep my brain in line than anything specific Fair. speaking from character to character then so we've talked a bit about Gary Oldman his plan is basically to go to buy some land in England mm-hmm. and then well he just wanted to buy some land in England yeah um originally it's just he kind of wants to spread his wings I think uh, taking from the book it goes into it more he's like he's you know, he's been trapped in Romania this whole time. Everyone around Romania, like, or around that Castle Dracula, knows there's a monster there. Yeah. You know, he's kind of tapped out his resources, so he just wants to go and feed amongst the, the multitudes in Fair. London. Yeah. yeah, okay. And yeah, that involves him having to ship himself over in, like, weird dirt crates. Yes. But it's only that when, what's his face, Keanu Reeves goes to visit, and he brings a picture of his missus. That's when um, Gary Oldman's Dracula is like, hey, that looks like the girl who I was with like 300 years ago, so I'm going to go over and find her. And then that's when he pursues her with his weird steampunk attire. And uh, yeah, then there's the weird thing with the wolf and the friend. I didn't know what to make of that, that, Emma. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, The whole wolfman thing, or the the giant bat thing, again, is all Francis Ford Coppola. Um, oh, is the giant bat thing not in the original? No, he can turn into a bat, but not like a giant man uh, bat. <laughs> man bat. Yeah, he's a bit of a man bat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just kind of goes out. Uh, like, how else do you get close to a woman other than attacking her friend and, you know, rejuvenating yourself using her best friend? It was when they were riding in the maze and he was the wolf. And he and was the wolf. That's when I was kind of like, this is very strange. That was trippy. <laughs> I don't, yeah, there's no other words like... I think the most common word I used in my notes was like surreal and hallucinogenic, you yeah. know, inducing kind That's of thing. That's what I felt. Yeah. <laughs> it was so strange. But I think that was, that, like that whole element of it, I think was meant to represent or portray that whole like Dracula being able to be um, desirable to women regardless of his form or anything like that, being able to sort of lure them in. Is that what, because that's the, that's the kind of Dracula I knew of where he was able to like hypnotize women and then like feast on them in a way. Yeah, because then you see when Mina walks up on wolf dracula and lucy he you know panics and says no do not see me and mina just completely forgets lucy's in a state you know going off i can still taste his blood in my mouth yeah and mina's just like oblivious and then the next time she sees gary oldman gary oldman you know (laughs) steampunk dracula in london he again says now see me Mm. but because daytime his powers are weakened he can't manipulate her as easily yeah yeah so that's the whole like mind control part yeah it's yeah trippy very trippy and I think there's another element of this movie actually that I think is great is it's one bit that love story yeah and then also sort of vampire monster hunt which you kind of mentioned at the beginning because that's when we're kind of introduced to a depiction of Van Helsing I didn't know was in this movie but oh my god am I so happy he's here so it's Anthony Hopkins playing Van Helsing but is he Van Helsing because he's just a fucking maniac going around it's great he is that is the 
best depiction you could have had of Van Helsing. It's the same in the book. It's just he's inappropriate and just like an excited. He's a what's what did they call him? Uh, Abraham Van Helsing, metaphysician, philosopher, or AKA goddamn witch doctor, according to the Texan <laughs> Quincy Morris. Yeah. Um, he's like an excited fucking PhD student. Like oh, I've been chasing this this monster my entire life. Um, he is amazing, just so inappropriate. I love it. I think the one line that sums up his character is so. So Mina is is Keanu, Keanu Reeves's Mrs. Yeah. In this, played by uh, the incredible Winona Ryder, yeah. and her friend Lucy is played by an actress, and that actress has a name, and that name is Sadie Frost, and uh, so she gets so Dracula basically, you know turns her into a vampire and they obviously think she's dead so they have a funeral for her and then she's buried but Van Helsing and then Lucy's husband and other friends then are kind of band together because they've been trying to heal her this whole time Yeah, and then they're like right we gotta get down there because she's gonna come back to life and then what does he say I think um, Carrie K- it's D- Richard E. Grant is in this movie yes and he plays the doctor Jack Stewart and- Seward Stewart? Seward Seward oh my god that's you know it's funny I wrote Stewart because I was like that can't be right. So maybe uh, Google Google Sheets uh, corrected me. And then Carrie uh, Carrie Ellis Ellis plays Lord Arthur Haywood. Hol- Holmwood. Holmwood. I can read. I promise. Yeah, See, yeah. I don't read books. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they have to go down to the crypt to basically yeah. get this body. And then he said, "It's like, what are you going to do? Perform her autopsy on her?" And then Van Helsing's like, "No, no, no. I'm just going to chop off her head and pull out her heart." In the middle of her wake, it's like he says this. It was brilliant. Yeah. Oh. And uh, what else? That does scene he do? in the crypt was amazing, though. Oh, the the vampire fight. Yeah. That was gorgeous. The whole wedding dress aesthetic, the kid that she just fucks on the ground. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, because she drags the kid in because she's going to like eat the kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit creepy. That And then also the brides of Dracula like feasting on a baby early on in the movie. Yeah. It's very fucked, this movie. You know, they're easier to capture. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I just broke Gary. Yeah, I spo- like you said something I disagree with. On a moral point of view, but from a logistics point of view, I don't think I can disagree that, yeah, yeah. stealing children are easier, easier for vampire feasting. Yeah. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then what else? Um, yeah, so like there was that whole witch, not witch, it's like a monster hunt element of it yeah. that I didn't expect that I quite enjoyed. Oh, nice. Yeah, the whole, uh, don't ask me to, you know, break this down into acts. I'm useless at that. But yeah, the whole big chase scene and you have the three, don't know if there's some meaning behind it, but the, you know, the three suitors of Lucy going after Dracula after he kills her you know to match up with the three brides who are going after Van Helsing yeah. kind of thing in the, the big chase scene um, out of all the performances I did love who played Quincy Morris who played the Texan, the Texan. I should know that name B- Billy Campbell Billy Campbell he was amazing I just loved how every now and he wasn't in it much but he does play like an important role I just love how every now and again he's just like he almost was it breaks the, the reality kind of thing it's like this is fucking yeah, yeah. he's the only sane one in the film <laughs> because the, the Van Helsing character kind of comes into it in a way that he's very much like oh trust me I know all of this weird shit I'm totally okay with and then Richard E. Grant's like a doctor so he's like willing to learn yeah. and then Carrie Ellis I forget his name yes. something like that Carrie Carrie's is very Lord Arthur's character is so like oh I'll do whatever it takes just like help me you know fix this and then that guy's just like nah man this is fucked nah this is I don't like this only saying character god bless him but also this movie is won a few Oscars won four Oscars I believe costume nominated for four you know this movie better than I do let me check Google I'm not 100% sure it definitely won it definitely won um, costuming which I completely like that opening scene 
Yes, the armor. Oh, beautiful. Apparently, though, it was really, it was like just solid plastic, so you couldn't move around in it. But oh, it's just like, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's just this gorgeous, like, red, supposed to be metal armor, uh, like, shaped into, like, kind of muscles, but there's, like, grooves in the armor, so it just looks really, really disturbing a little bit. Yeah. It's just amazing. amazing Unlike costume. anything I've ever seen. Yes, and then I did, like, the, the massive red cape. I kind of want one that old... The old Dracula yeah. has. Um, yeah, so yeah, so I just checked it. So it won costume design, sound editing, makeup, and then didn't win for art direction. But there you go. What won? This is my favorite part of the podcast where I don't know the answer and then I Google it. And <laughs> then I get very angry when I find out what won an Oscar instead. Oh, no. So, oh, it beat sound effects editing. Uh, it beat Aladdin. Tut, tut. Oh. It lost art direction to a movie called Howard's End. Don't think I've ever heard of that. No, so I hate it. <laughs> oh, no, wait. It beat Best Makeup. It beat Batman Returns. Ooh. Oh, no, Anger here. now. Anger. Anger and rage. I wonder why Gary's biased. I'm a one. Batman fan. <laughs> not this time, Bats. Okay, that's cool. What won Best Picture this year? This is not interesting. This year? This is- <laughs> oh, Forgiven. There you go. Uh, Clint Eastwood. It's a cowboy movie. Fair. I notoriously thought it was okay and Keen got angry at me. Oh, no. Um, but, uh, yes, going back to that, um, the shadows. <gasps> Talk me through the shadows. What do you think of the shadows? Fucking amazing. And, like, none of that was done in post-production. Like, oh, it was just so beautiful. First of all, the opening battle scene was done all the silhouettes. Those shadows. Yeah. Two different types of shadows in this movie. Uh, so, like, yeah, this whole massive battle scene. Uh, was it the Vlad is fighting off the Turks, I think? I can't Sure. Think. Yeah, because it starts in Istanbul. And I was yeah. like, hey, I was there. You were there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so, th- and they, they that kind of silhouette battle shows up again later in the film. But then also, anytime you're seeing old man Dracula, so in the castle, yeah. his shadow is like a separate character. Yeah. And it's just, you know, going after... Keanu Jonathan Harker relentlessly yeah and it's just really just shows um, like Dracula's true intentions towards Harker but that was all done practically yeah. practical effects I believe the only post-production effects done was that blue flame yes everything else was which I did not see the point of which is that not in the books it is but completely differently oh okay there you go yeah so that kind of just annoyed me and it me. did look very shit yeah it wasn't great uh, it just, yeah. but those sh- <laughs> the shadows are great and actually another great thing about this character I found the 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 sort of weird motion the character made it was like a weird stop motion animation when especially when he busted into the room with all the brides Ooh, yes actually. he had this weird like animatronic vibe to him but it was clearly gary oldman i don't know what it was there was just something really again it's just i <laughs> from a narrative point of view i was like what is happening but from like i couldn't take my eyes off it it was just so in Crawling. Same and the brides as well that weird crawling thing they yeah. did so, yeah that actually yeah do you know that was monica monica belushi She's in James no. Bond. That's all you need to oh, know. Oh, okay. Nice. Which yeah. one was she? The- she's in Spectre. No, oh, which, which bride? bride? <laughs> oh, she's like, I think the main one that comes up between the his legs. The dark-haired one. Yeah. Oh, that comes up between his legs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the main, the one who's on camera most. Fair, yes. But what else What else was cool about the um, the, the weird, the, I'm just trying to see any sort of other kind of, the sh- yeah, the, the weird sort of supernatural physics-defying elements of the Dracula character in this movie are great also. Yeah, again, just all blends into the surreal, like, and it's mostly in the castle. That all of this stuff yeah. happens. Even like when he shows up in London, there's not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the rats you were saying, walking upside down. And then you see at one point, Harker's walking down a set of stairs and it looks like there's nothing underneath the stairs. And it's like, how did they do this yeah. without post-production effects? I really don't know. But i tell you what they did do. Uh, 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 <laughs> I, just, I just came across it in my notes and I was just trying to like ham-fist it in. It was uh, <laughs> the British Bia- uh, Keanu Reeves impression. Like... <gasps> 
bloody wolves chasing me through some ew, blue and fire. No, like, I can't even do an accent. It's just it like, oh, oh, Mr. Dracula. <laughs> oh, I'd love, I'd, love, I'd love you to sign this piece of paper. It's it just so bad. Now, I did see apparently that he, he came out and he was just like, he was told to be quite rigid because he's meant to be like a very rigid character in this. Okay. Uh, in the sense of uh, Dracula is meant to be this free flowing sort of spectre of a man in a way yeah. where not spectre but it's, well, I can't describe it I don't know how to speak English uh, whereas like Keanu Reeves meant to be the stiff, stiff upper lip kind of like a British man he's like don't you be doing this to my wife how dare you yeah. um, and I think Keanu Reeves at the time was obviously had done a lot of like he'd done point break he'd done like a lot of other things leading up to this and this was I feel like his Oscar pushy movie in a way uh, it, like I could kind of see him being like this is me doing proper drama yeah, do you know what I mean? Sorry, your podcast can't see my facial expressions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think it was good, but I just think... I don't I don't think it was bad. I just think he's playing a much more rigid character compared to everyone else in this movie who's going, like, crazy. Fair. Uh, I'm trying to think of some redeeming part of Keanu's. But, uh, my, his, mom, my mom is going to kill me. She said not to badmouth Keanu. Uh, his hair goes white after getting sucked dry. That's funny. It was. No, was that not after he saw them eat the child? Oh, no, because he saw them eat the child. Yeah. And then, then they kind of kept him around to keep feeding off him. Oh, okay. And then, like, yeah, he goes... He progressively goes, like, white in the hair to kind of represent that he's, like, drained. But he just looks really bad. It does. Nah. Yeah. And that one makeup over Batman Returns. <laughs> oh, no. How dare We're they? We're not talking about Keanu's hair for the makeup. <laughs> well, what else? The um, Tom Waits is in this movie as Renfield. Oh, yes. What do you think of that? He, mm, he wasn't bad. I think... He played, like, Renfield's a much bigger character in the book, but I think, actually, for the Asylum characters, or, like, you know, just the whole aesthetic of the Asylum, he was my favourite part of it. The Asylum was a bit too much. Even Dr. Seward in the Asylum was a bit too much. Right. Uh, It was just, I think they went a little bit too far there to make it surreal, and, you know... very 90s. 90s. I just got a real big 90s vibe from that from that asylum where any everything was like dark and grimy and gothic, like very yeah. Batman-y, yes. like Gotham City yeah. kind of vibe I got from it. The fucking cages on the heads of the. the I love the, that. The, all, oh. all the people working at the asylum had these cages on their heads to obviously stop, like I don't know, being bit by the but inmates. The, the inmates, yeah. But no, his like Renfield's character was, I think, my favorite part of that, and like the whole eating the flies thing. He did it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, and what I thought was really funny about this scene, what I I secretly enjoyed was on last week's episode, uh, John was on to do Super Mario Bros. Nice. And there's a character in that movie that the studio wanted Tom Waits to play. And I said, fuck off. No way they're getting Tom Waits to do that weird ass role. Then I watched this movie. I'm like, well, I'm surprised they didn't get him because he'll, he'll go all in for a role. He like, he went so like... I don't know, for like a musician. I know he's obviously done other acting things before. But like, man, he, he went all in on that. I love it. He went all in. Like the whole like fawning over like he wants a kid. in Master. That whole Master. Oh my God. Yeah, he was brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah. No, so yeah. But like I said, so I think the whole cast do a great job. I think Gary Oldman is like the heart and soul standout yeah. of it. I think Anthony Hopkins, Van Mar- Van, Mar- <laughs> Van Helsing. Although I'd love to see Anthony Hopkins play Van Morrison. I'm going to remind me to email... Some studio about that later okay. on. Uh, Van Helsing. Winona Ryder. Did you read up this about the whole, apparently her and Gary Oldman didn't get on at all during this? <gasps> no. Yeah. So apparently he was very intense or something like this. Okay. And she just didn't appreciate it. And they just didn't really get on during the set of this movie. I feel like I'm doing like gossip or rumors. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did you hear this? Gary <laughs> Oldman and Winona Ryder wrote it. Um, 
And I, yeah, I was reading this whole thing, apparently, like, he was going through a divorce at the time, and he was trying to, like, method act, and obviously him method acting with real-life Winona Ryder as he's playing creepy sex pest from the past, <laughs> I feel like probably didn't come off as the best work environment. No, that's fair. I hadn't heard anything about that. Because, like, I was about to say the whole, uh, like, romance between her and, especially Steam from Dracula, and then even at the end, when he's Monster Dracula... Like, she played that really well. Yeah. What did you think... Actually, yeah. So, I know we jump around here a lot. But, like, what did you think about her character's turn in this movie? And then, ultimately, how it ends in regards to what happens to his character? That sounded like the most vague question I've ever asked. Gary. (laughs) No. So, obviously, at the end... At this point in this movie, where Winona Ryder's characters changes allegiances? Yes. But then, also, his character's fate is decided somewhat by that. Yes. What did you think of that? I'm trying not to give it away and let you talk because I will talk for days. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, so again, this I said it to you before we started, this whole romance, you know, reincarnated past lovers thing is not in the book. This okay. is all Coppola. Um, I really liked it. I think it was actually uh, probably a bit abrupt because like, okay, you see Mina meets uh, Steampunk Dracula in London. Yeah. Her friend... Lucy, or her, sorry, no, her fiance Jonathan is away. She has no idea what's just, like. He's just disappeared off to Romania, um, and she does try to resist him at first mm-hmm. for like two minutes, um, and then they go into the cinematograph. And God, what the fuck were they watching in that cinematograph? Like, again, it was just part of this movie. I was like, I can't believe what I'm watching, but I can't believe I'm watching them believing what they're watching. <laughs> yeah. That sentence doesn't make sense, but you get the joke. It, it, it was more smutty stuff for people who haven't watched it Um, I just thought it was really abrupt like he saves her from this wolf and all of a sudden like she's infatuated with him and she's going on dates with him and I love the um, costume progression through that stage Mm -hmm. of what colours Mina wears okay I didn't notice this but do do enlighten me oh okay so at the start of the movie both the women like Lucy and Mina are all in bright light colours kind of innocent you know blah blah and as Dracula's influence gets stronger than they wear darker and darker colours oh I didn't notice that I think that's what that's what I noticed it's in but if that's what they were trying to do I don't know yeah Um, and then you have the whole scene of them drinking uh, absinthe oh yeah Uh, what is it and my sister's gonna kill me Uh, I have to quote her absinthe makes the heart grow fonder I think that that was the whole point of that scene yeah Um, but yeah then what he attacks her in the asylum and she puts two and two together that this is the monster her her fiance and you know Lucy's betrothed are hunting yeah and she's like God damn you, you killed her, but I still love you. It's like, he, you just realised he killed your best <laughs> friend, Lucy. Oh my God, yeah. So it was a bit abrupt, but he's a vampire. It was, it was hypnotism. We covered that. Yeah. No, because, so, isn't there, there's a point in the movie then when she's very much like, oh, I am the reincarnated soul of your lover from, where, the 1700s? Oh, not 1700s, what am I talking about? 1400s 1400s, yeah, yeah. That makes way more sense. And then she's like on his side and trying to help him then. Yeah, then she's like, she drinks his blood uh, and she, yeah, she, oh, in, yeah. yeah. In the absence scene, she has memories of like the, the land beyond the forest or whatever, which is, I think is a literal translation of Transylvania. I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, so she she remembers, you know, being Elizabeth and being in love with Prince Vlad. And then, yes, yeah, she, in the same scene where she figures out that he is Dracula, who they're chasing, uh, she says, I don't care. I want to be with you turn me he tries to stop her he mm-hmm. tries to you yeah. know redeem himself and you know yeah. not curse he her says, well, he says very briefly <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> you couldn't she's like well it's like good enough for me <laughs> don't have to ask me 
once Um, and then he turns her and then yeah there's like this mind connection between them and that's how Dracula escapes as well from uh, his pursuers because he can read Mina's mind but when she's hypnotized she can read his yeah that there's a lot of elements in the movie where I was like what's going on here now oh okay I did get that eventually but initially I was kind of just like what's going on here again the whole third act was just very fast I felt for me it was it's fast in the book as well but it was there was a lot of just like assumptions yeah 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 yeah. yeah. it's like cool here's a concept get on board with it because it's going to be important in 30 seconds time yeah but yeah so obviously then they go back to they go back to Transylvania they do in in a hilarious sort of emperor's new groove um, (laughs) map sort of chase Where they're, the hunters are trying to like corner them off on one side and then Dracula's like getting a boat and yeah. um, he, they're trying to rush back to his castle yeah. because if he gets back to the castle with the missus, he's like powerful and he just wants to be left alone. Yes. Isn't it? Yes, the other because, guys are trying to kill him before they get into the castle. Yes, because back in London, before he turned Mina, they went off and destroyed all his boxes of earth yeah, that he yes, uses yes, to yes. sleep and That's rejuvenate in, re- rejuvenate? I don't know, charge, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fast charge. <laughs> and he's like a Tesla. The thing about yeah, so but it's great because obviously then Mina is trying to work work obviously against yeah the the the, the hunters so Van Helsing and and co and then Dracula's just trying to get to his castle in time yeah but then there's a whole fight in the castle yeah which is great and he just gets stabbed so hard in the neck it's great yeah who's it and then the whole I mean I do yeah we're oh, we're, we're into the spoilers yeah, yeah, yeah. so. Poor Quincy Morris gets stabbed by one of the the Scani, isn't that how you pronounce it? S Z A G N Y, like Dracula's followers. Yeah, that were you know transporting him up to his castle, um, like Kronk with Isma in the back. <laughs> Literally, yes. You're never gonna be able to watch that scene the same no, way again. No, never gonna be able to watch that. Um, but yeah, he just like bursts. Dracula bursts forth from this this crate when the sun sets. And oh my god, the continuity of that fucking sunset wrecked my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it was yeah. like up and down, up and down. Um, but yeah, and it's like, it's not a long battle. It's more of a fight with the, the, you know, Dracula's helpers. Than yeah, with him. I, I have, the, so it's, they're gypsies. They're Romani. Oh, That's oh, maybe I'm getting here. mixed up with the book again. It says, while the others try to stop the gypsies transporting Dracula, yeah. the Romanis. Yeah. And then what happens is eventually, yeah, like he pops out of the box, they stab him in the neck, but yeah, he still manages to get, the sun sets and he just goes into the castle and kind of leaves the rest of the guys by themselves. Yes. And then this is the part of the movie I don't like. In that she now fully remembers everything and she's like, my love, blah, 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 you're the best. Go Dracula. <laughs> and she's like, and then he, and then he then renounces Satan or he like, he asks for God for forgiveness or something. Remember? Yes, it's like, it's because the whole thing that started, the reason he turned into a vampire was because, you know, in, in the first scene, um, he was fighting this holy war on behalf of the church. Which he won. Yeah. But then he gets home and realises that the enemy told Elisabetta, his bride, that he had died and she flings herself in the castle. Yeah. And he's overreaction in the, much, by the way. A slight overreaction. Like, like, would you not wait? I'm you just know, like... Just it some would, random arrow note yeah. thrown in your window that your husband died. Like, like, I, mm-hmm. Look, I don't know what would make me jump out of a window to my death, but like, I'd feel like I'd need a, a couple of hours and a maybe secondhand verification. <laughs> I don't care if it's the 1400s. But yes, she jumps out the window she and he gets back. And he gets back and she's like lying in this chapel and, you know, he's losing Also, the she should be mush, by the way. Oh yeah, she should. That's she should a very not be long like drop. intact. But yeah. okay. No, she was a very pretty corpse. Yes. Yeah. And like the fucking priest who is also Anthony Hopkins yes. at that point um, says, oh, well, she's never getting into heaven. She killed herself. That's a sin. And Vlad loses the plot and stabs the cross and drinks the blood from the cross. And that's in the chapel in Castle Dracula. And so then when he... When Mina and Dracula 
escape from the the final battle into the chapel it's like her love for him is supposed to be the the cure mm. that renounces <laughs> I wish you could see Gary's face. Like, sure. <laughs> it's like her love for him heals the cross and she's the one to end the curse kind of thing. It's, you know, full circle. I think that was the, the balls. point. I'm sorry. <laughs> Such balls. And like, so this guy who's been feeding babies to like his brides and killing people because he found his true love means we're like, oh, it was all for love, Gary. Fuck that. <laughs> Going around stealing babies. No, you can't do that. You can't be doing that. Uh, acts of passion, I don't know. Uh, no! <laughs> Nonsense behaviour. Uh, so that's where the movie, I just for me, I think I just hated that that last thing of Mina being on his side, fine. But yeah. don't make that the reason for everything he has done in the past to be okay. <laughs> and for him to die happy. True love conquers all. No! <laughs> no, I got stabbed to the chest and decapitating your head. <laughs> She does. My last page of notes is she cuts off his head, Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> that was the end of the film. That is yeah. the end, yeah. That's the end of the film. But yeah, so like that, yes, besides that ending, otherwise, I'm still like, it's a visual masterpiece that's yes. well acted and the production design's incredible. So it is amazing. What, what do you want? We haven't talked about the music. Oh my God, we haven't talked about the music. Oh my God. Uh, music's fantastic. I, I didn't make notes about this. I was just you know, prompting you to talk about it. Ah, that's a, uh, give me any topic. Any topic at all. Well, there's one interesting thing about the, the score in that I know the end credit song is something called... Love Song for, Love a, song vampire. for a Vampire, which is done by Annie Lennox, which went on to become a big hit. So yeah. that's, again, marking the days of when, you know... Well, still to this day of people putting songs in the end credit scenes and being like oh that's great it's not part of the movie but I like it yeah. I have a whole thing about it okay. but the guy who directed it uh, sorry the guy who did the score for the rest of the movie is a guy called Wojciech Kilar. I've definitely butchered that so I do apologise he's dead so that's fine uh, I do apologise to his family though uh, but he has he has done some interesting stuff in that he did The Pianist if you've ever watched Ooh. that but he also did The Truman Show as well and I probably recognise the score from The Truman Show more than anything else I'm reading here and that was good so this guy's obviously good it's a shame he's dead but look what? Can I say that? You can't say that. No, but like, okay, I'm not as, you know, I don't go into in-depth as with films as you lot do. Fair. What? what? Um, but no, like, the way you'd say, like, the costumes were like another character. The, you know, the sets were like another character. The music was so important to this for setting the tone. Yeah, just the atmosphere, the atmospheric kind of score that it has. That's like, that's, I was just, I was prompting you to talk to the music because you, no. usually, you usually have a lot to say about the score. I just usually have a lot to say about a lot of things. Fair. But i tell you who has another lot of things to say about this movie is my favourite website in the world, Letterboxd. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. What did you give us a Letterboxd? I, I gave it three. Three. That's I not too apologize. bad. Look, three is like good innings for a guy or Brian thing. That's me being like, look, I recognise this is very great, but I don't love it. Fair. Like, that's, the, that's a three for me. A three and a half is like, look, that's you're pretty good. And then for four onwards, that's near impossible. Um, <laughs> except I did give my cousin Vinny five stars because that's a great movie. And I, I have no shame in that whatsoever. Again, this is the third time I'm going to say I'm thankful that the podcast can't see my facial expressions. That's good. But speaking of Letterboxd, which you, which you have, which you haven't put up your Dracula post. I haven't actually, yes. There you go. Uh, everyone should get Letterboxd and you should follow me and Emma on Letterboxd and the descriptions or the links are in the episode description. So go there. Uh, so I've picked out some of my favourite Letterboxd reviews for this movie. Okay, go. One is uh, Robert Pattinson could make Dracula work, but Gary Oldman couldn't make Edward Cullen work. <laughs> Uh, legend has it that Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder actually turned into vi- vampires and haven't aged since. 
We'll explain it, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola, a freak. <laughs> Imagine being cooked by Dracula. Cooked spelled C-U-C-K-E-D. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, women love him. Doctors hate him. <laughs> and finally, and this is just blunt and I love it. Gary Oldman is Dracula. Keanu Reeves can't act. <laughs> That's, that's that's yeah that's an apt description of this film I suppose I think like look I think that should have been on the poster if you ask me that's rude he's not that bad no he's not that bad I just think his character's poorly written is he no no I think the direction he was given was bad for Keanu Reeves yes yes I would agree with I that I think I'll put it that way yeah uh, but is there anything else you want to wrap up with this movie in your 50 pages of notes here I don't your... have 50 pages of notes can I have a look at the book actually yep no, I think the only thing that we didn't really mention that kind of pissed me off, you can you can edit this out, is the, oh, bollocks, is the the Blue Flames that you did bring up. Blue that flames. pissed me off because it's really not important, but. What's it like in the book then? It's this whole thing where he's picked up by the carriage. Uh, Jonathan Hark is picked up by the carriage at the Borgo, Borgo Pass? Borgo mm-hmm. Pass. I can't remember. And the carriage is taking on this trippy ride to cast Dracula. There's wolves everywhere. And every now and again, the carriage stops. And the driver gets off and sees these blue flames in the distance and, you know, the driver goes off towards them and Harker's like, what the fuck's going on here? And it's all to do with this kind of build up in the book that was really, mi- I suppose they had to swap it out for this whole Vlad, you know, love story shit. Um, where Jonathan's travelling through Transylvania or travelling through Romania to get to Castle Dracula and anytime the locals hear where he's going, they like, bless him and tell him, don't yeah. go. They had a bit of that in this. They had a little bit of this yeah. and... Like what was it the the his travel companions as though he's being dropped off the Borgo Pass are you know like blessing him and like asking him not to go and yeah. stuff um, and it's to do with he's uh, in the book he's arriving there on Saint Feast Day of Saint George I think right and on that day cursed buried treasure will have a blue flame over him. Oh. and that's what all the blue flames are and. The carriage driver, who is Dracula, uh, goes off and digs this up. And in the book, Jonathan finds it later in the book in his bedroom. Ah. So it's way more explained in this. And then I do not understand the blue flames at the end around Mina in the film. Yeah. Because that's completely different. So that just pissed me off. Yeah, so there you go. So that's a little you, rant. You, you snuck it in. You snuck it in. Well, actually, in the book, you'll find. Well, actually, in the book, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, actually, I had a great time with the podcast, Emma. Thank you so much for coming and doing it. Finally, I've convinced you. It's you been great. did. Thank you so much. And thank you for letting me do something. Based on a book so that I felt a little bit less anxious. <laughs> you know, I, I you had like carte blanche. You could do anything. No, you told me to do a vampire thing. <laughs> I said, no, I, well, it was more like we could tie. I was like, well, no, I have a text from you being like, it has to be a horror movie. Oh, well, yes, no, I did. Yeah, and I then I was like, like we could tie it into Renfield. And then yes. all the we all this time. Oh, I will cut this out. But um, or maybe I won't. Uh, I do a top 10 on a Thursday on yes. the Instagram. And uh, I'm going to ask you to either do like top 10 Draculas or top 10 vampires or top 10 something. So keep that in mind. And if I leave this in, everybody join on Instagram at at Reading the Pierce and keep an eye for it. Nice. Okay. Yes, I will. I have to try to think 10 vampires. Or like 10 something. Top 10 something. Town tep. Town tep. Top Top 10. (laughs) 10 tops. A leaping, I think is what it goes like. I don't remember. This is why my foot. That's why I love having the laptop here. What's, you know, the song? The the, the The Christmas Christmas song? song? Yeah. What's the 10? Something is it something a leaping or is that you've just put that's that in your head leaping, now? But I don't know if that's ten. No clue. Do not make a habit of going around singing Christmas carols. Unfortunately, I know. Neither do I. Maybe we should get our whole group to do that. Can you imagine? Ten. 
Ten lords are leaping. Ten lords That's are right. leaping. That's right. There we go. There we go. Did you say lords or lads the first time? <laughs> Look, I don't believe in this sort of weird, like, land ownership gives you sort of special titles. I just call them lads, all right? Okay. Lads are leaping. Lads are leaping. Okay. But if anyone wants to play along at home, please tell me, give me, give me their top ten lads are leaping. <laughs> or our lords are leaping, depending on what country you're in. Uh, but I really should wrap this up. Um, Emma, thank you so much for joining again. Like I said, thank you for anyone who's listened to this or any other episodes. If you would like to keep up to date with the podcast, you can follow at Reading in the Peers on Instagram. I also put the TikTok tiktoks up on tiktok believe it or not at at reading the peers it's also on youtube uh, i've already plugged the letterboxd um links in the description so go get a letterbox and follow us there if you'd like to contact the show you can email reading the peers at gmail.com if you have any other suggestions for emma to do please do let me know and i'll bother her about that our films I, please and it has to be based on the book apparently <laughs> uh, and also subscribe on the likes of apple and spotify give us some five stars there because it'd be helpful for what? I don't know, but I want them. Um, but yes, as I said before, Emma, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am less nervous to do another one now. It's so, fine, yeah. isn't it? It's not too bad. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like if we could do a whole like 40 plus minutes of talking about weird sex smut stuff in a vampire <laughs> We can do movie, anything. I then, yes. think so as well. <laughs> I think we should see what Francis Ford Coppola is up to now and see what weird depraved shit he's doing. Let's go with that. Oh no. Guys, please suggest horror films, not weird depraved shit, please. <laughs> we, should do the, we should do the thing that they were watching... <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Let me look into that. I'll find it out. (laughs) Right. We'll leave it there, so.